Welcome to Invitations to Play, Learn, Grow, the podcast. I am your creative solutions creator and professional mess maker. And I am back to talk this week about summer learning and exploration that will help us gain back ground lost from a virtual year. Most kids of all ages have spent over a year learning virtually, learning from observation, learning by listening, unable to experience, unable to do. And I hear almost everybody say that they feel that the kids in their lives have fallen behind, are farther behind now than they were at the end of the last in-person school year. And I see and hear and feel people get angry and get frustrated and they're confused and they're anxious because they don't know how to gain back that ground. I am here to help. Now, keep in mind that no two kids are the same. No two techniques are going to be successful in the same ways for the same people. And these are just ideas to help you find a creative solution to something that the learners in your life may be struggling with. And so I'm going to talk about four types of learning experiences and how they can reignite that spark to get kids to want to learn, want to grow, want to build new skills, want to have new experiences again. The first one is one of my favorites. It's loose parts. And loose parts can be endless things. They can help the learners in your lives learn endless things. So loose parts can be things found in nature. I'm outside right now. I'm surrounded by all sorts of nature. Dogs, birds, cats, skunks, groundhogs. I could go on and on and on about the things that if I looked hard enough, I could find. And these things 
can spark curiosity in the kids in your life, which can lead to learning experiences. So loose parts can be the thing that spark that curiosity. We'll use examples of some of the things that I can see, hear, and feel immediately around me. So birds on a, well, look at that. As I look to my right and my left, I see immediately two different kinds of birds. Birds that are of a different size, they are of a different color, they are of a different shape. And the children in your lives may be curious about why those differences exist. What makes a robin different from a blackbird? What makes a blackbird different from a bluebird? What makes a bluebird different from a robin? And where do all these birds live? What kind of habitat do they need? What kind of a nest do they build? Do they all build their nests from different materials? Why might that be? Do they all eat the same things? Do they all communicate the same way? Flowers and plants are another one. And I talked about some of these examples in last week's episode. So if you want further inspiration, you can go check out last week's episode. But I'm surrounded by all different kinds of plants. Trees. Berry bushes. Herbs. Fruits. Vegetables, lots of vegetables. All of these things grow in different conditions. They look, feel, smell, taste differently. Some of the flowers are edible, some of them are not, which is a very curious thing that could spark children's interest. Why are some flowers edible and some flowers not? How does that happen? Other than in our flower beds in our backyards, where can flowers be found in nature? How do these flowers grow? What do they start from? What makes a rose bush different than a marigold? All of these things practice science. They spark curiosity. They engage exploration. And they're all loose parts. Another one that I like to reference again and again and again is some of the food that I am surrounded by. Herbs. Tomatoes. corn, 
berry bushes and different kinds of trees that have edible elements. And that in and of itself offers up all kinds of learning and creativity. And again, are all forms of loose parts. So corn plants have many different parts. Those are loose parts. You can study what each part does for the plant and the edible corn. Same thing with tomatoes and tomato plants. And why do tomatoes develop in stages? Why do they develop flowers? Why can't they just turn into a tomato as soon as they grow? Ro uh, roses and raspberries. What can you make with raspberries? What do raspberries taste like? What do they feel like? What do they smell like? All of these things spark children's curiosity and their creative thinking and their experimentation. Same thing with maple trees, which are everywhere throughout my neighborhood. And maple trees produce, yes, maple syrup. But it doesn't come out of the tree as syrup. It has to go through a process. And again, I've talked about maple syrup and producing maple syrup and the things that kids can learn from it in many different episodes. I like to reference specific examples, but get you thinking about different topics and different struggles and different ideas with those same examples. But a maple tree has many different parts. It has bark. It has leaves. Uh, it has what we commonly refer to as helicopters, which contain little seeds. So all those different loose parts can be used for all different kinds of ex uh, experimentation and exploration. The other part that I wanted to encourage you to engage your kids in is challenges and scavenger hunts. Things, again, that I have talked about a thousand times. But usually I'm giving you questions you can ask, ways to start conversations, ways to put the activities together in the previous episodes. Also, you can find in past episodes connected to different topics that you can apply to whatever the kids in your life are interested in. So let's start with challenges. And some of the examples that I am surrounded by right now are great challenge subjects. 
you can challenge the kids to create something different with the raspberries I talked about. You can encourage and challenge kids to create, uh, to extract rather, the sap out of the tree that then can be turned into maple syrup and then further challenge them to experiment with foods that are a good complement for maple syrup or what other kinds of recipes they could put maple syrup in to give that recipe a maple flavor. You can also challenge the kids or set up a challenge for the kids to explore the birds that we talked about or insects um, or animals or weather. I have happened to live in a very interesting place where our weather changes continuously. And you could engage kids in challenges to recreate certain weather conditions and certain weather events, which is a fun scientific challenge or exploration. You can also set up scavenger hunts by asking a series of questions that lead kids to critically uncover what it is they're supposed to find and where it is they're supposed to find it. And then, if some of these things are edible or living, you can create further experiments and challenges with those things. The maple syrup example... The raspberries, perhaps you're in an area where there are blueberries or apple trees. Again, other examples that we talked about last week. An apple tree is actually a good one because you can challenge kids to explore the similarities and differences in apples and what other things apples could be used for and why apples have health benefits. You know that old saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away? You can investigate why that is. We talked about trees and animals and insects and plants, both edible and not. All of these things combined would make a really fun scavenger hunt. Um, Scavenger hunts are a full-body learning experience because kids are getting physically active. They're exploring different environments, different habitats. They're using their critical thinking to first determine what the thing is that they're supposed to find then where they have to go to find it, and then actually gathering the object. 
I loved scavenger hunts when I was a kid for those reasons because they were physically involved. You did have to use your critical thinking and it was fun to gather objects and then turn them into new things. The third thing I wanted to cover this week is a few things that could be tied to the challenges, scavenger hunts, and even the loose parts. And these two things are ways to spark the excitement and the curiosity and the learning through using these two methods. And these two methods are asking questions and engaging in conversations which spark the investigation and exploration. So one of the things that I see quite often around me are hawks. You could ask questions like, why do hawks circle around a specific area? Why are hawks bigger than most other birds? Are hawks related to different kinds of birds? And then you could ask, why or why not? Or what do you think? Or you could ask questions that dive into where do hawks live? What are the stages of their life cycle? And these questions and questions in general spark conversation. They spark curiosity, which leads to investigation. You can do the same thing with other animals or weather patterns or objects found in nature or forms of transportation or different animal species or insect species or trying to think of some of the other topics that the kids that I've worked with over the years have really enjoyed. Um, construction. Construction is a really another fun one that you can create challenges around and scavenger hunts for. And um, relay races with. You can use... Construction is another one that really relies on loose parts as well. As do the scavenger hunts. So you can ask questions and engage conversations around construction. And how would you build a specific type of a building? Or how do specific animals build their habitats? How does a bird build a nest? How does a bee build a hive? How does a wasp build a nest? 
why do bears live in caves uh, or hibernate in caves? Those kinds of questions that explore construction, but then build kids' curiosity to want to engage in the activity themselves, which gets to our last topic, experiments and projects. You heard me talk about the food plants around me, which ties to gardening and cooking. You heard me talk about the trees that produce edible foods, like apple trees and maple trees. Two things that also spark conversation and curiosity that can lead to projects and experiments, like turning maple tree sap into maple syrup. Or apples from an apple tree into apple pie or applesauce or apple fritter or apple cider. Apple cider is another example of a hands-on experience that kids can engage themselves physically in turning apples into something edible and enjoyable. Cooking does cooking and gardening does the exact same thing. Kids get engaged in the gardening experience, the planting of plants, the bearing of seeds, the caring of the plant, the harvesting of the food, and then the cooking of the food. All of these things are engaged learning opportunities. Now, I'm sure you've noticed as we've gotten this far into this week's episode, these are not experiences that most kids are going to get in school because they don't often get a lot of hands-on opportunities to learn and engage. Transportation being another one. Same thing with construction that involves a whole lot of loose parts. You can use nuts and bolts and wood and metal and plastic and glass and heat and glue and tools to create something new, all while engaging math and science and critical thinking and listening skills and learning to properly use tools which builds eye-hand coordination and exploring how things work and why. You can do all kinds of experiments that explore weather and growing conditions for different plants. All of these things engage different aspects of science and math and As you're having these real-life hands-on experiences, you are learning new information that because you're experiencing it as you're learning, you are not going to forget the information 
or the skills that you gain as you have these experiences. And I apologize, you can probably hear my dogs barking in the background. Uh, Again, as I said, they are, and we are surrounded by nature, which often gets them agitated or overexcited, and so they bark. So I hope before they interrupted, you got a lot out of this uh, episode. I want to encourage you to explore things like transportation and construction and gardening and nature and food and plants and animal or insect life and have fun learning and exploring. And you will see very quickly that the kids in your life will very quickly gain knowledge and a joy of education and life experience that they didn't get much of during the virtual learning experience. And that will give them a leap ahead for the school year to come. You will be amazed at how quickly they not only will become to get back to learning and exploring and engaging new ideas, but you will see them grow physically, mentally, and emotionally as well in ways that perhaps they had regressed when we didn't have easy access to those experiences and fulfillment of those needs while life was entirely virtual. I want to thank you guys for joining me this week. I hope this episode was super useful and supportive. I want to also invite you to join me for some virtual experiences that I offer throughout the week. I do free meet and greets where we come together and we tackle in a discussion format some of the individual challenges the kids in your life may be facing. So maybe you don't hear a solution idea or inspiration for something you are specifically facing. This free event is an opportunity for you to ask a specific question and get specific support in a virtually face-to-face immediate environment. I will also be starting up a live lessons event that will be paid. Um, It will be somewhere between $35 and $65 each week. And that will be where we tackle a a subject or a topic or both using loose parts. And I demonstrate activities that will help your kids 
practice a subject, explore a topic, and at the same time, build new skills. Whether that be language skills, listening skills, critical thinking skills, and everything in between. You can head over to the creativecampusonline.com to find all of these events and more. And you can also get independent monthly theme invitations that I have created where I have given you the activity ideas and all you have to do is supply the materials and engage the kids in the activity itself. These are independent opportunities for the kids to play, learn, and grow. So I hope you will go check those out as well. There are 12 of them, and I referenced some of the topics in this week's episode. The construction, the gardening, the animals, the insects, and the transportation. All topics that I created through my 15 years of teaching in the classroom. And they were topics that kids, year over year, really got involved in and enjoyed. So I'm sure that the kids in your life will as well. So, again, I want to thank you for joining me this week. I hope you'll come back next time when we'll have another fun learning and skill building topic to dive into together. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.